0: My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least, check this out, $100,000. And it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week. To climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Listen, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It's as simple as that. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, check this out. You can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Here's your call to action. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonuses, double your first deposit. Use promo code OPIE to activate the offer. Promo code OPIE. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. MyBookie My Bookie. and don't forget to use the promo code Opie, opie, I-E, when creating your account to claim the bonus, bet, win, get paid. Boop, 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 boop,
1: boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop,
0: boop, boop, this guy's yelling. Everyone's yelling Shut in New York City. Up. Why are you yelling, sir? You all right? Um, I'm not mad. I was just curious why you're yelling.
1: If you were basically being uh, cock-blocked for two weeks while you're trying to fuck. Wow, that would piss me As a man. off.
0: Of course.
1: If I don't have find a hole. I'm gay. So if I don't find a hole to fucking breathe soon today. Mm-mm. Wow, that took a turn. Yep, and I'm saying that on the record. Okay,
0: all right. Good luck to you, man. Hope you find that hole. I think I'll walk this way now. Ah, I'm in Times Square. Gets a little weird down here. (laughs) And we are live on Instagram. Have at it, bitches. Here we are in the heart of Times Square. Hey, what's going on, Jason? How are you, buddy? Hey, JB, what up, brother? What up, brother? Right back to you. Hey, uh, Jonathan, what's going on, man? What up, KMG six six one? We got lots of people flowing into the uh, the room, which is really nice to see. This is Times Square. I hate Times Square. I'm doing this for you people, for you guys. This is where all the tourists go. You live somewhere else in America. You come to New York City and you hang out with uh, all the other tourists. That don't make no sense. If you come to New York, you should do Times Square for, I don't know, maybe lunch. Do it quick. Get it out of the way really quick. Get yourself some uh, blooming onions. Go to the M&M store and get the hell out and go somewhere else in New York City. Go down the village. Go walk around Central Park. My God, go up to Harlem. That's right, I said Harlem. But go during the day. Uh, But don't spend your time in Times Square. 30 seconds is the most time you want to spend here? Yeah, exactly, man. But I guess a lot of these, uh, as Dice used to call them, farmers, they don't know any better. They think New York City is Times Square. Yeah, the High Line is worth it. That's really, really cool. It's an old, uh, what, train tracks that they made into a park. It's, it's a great little walk, and there's cool little restaurants around there and little little uh, beer gardens and uh, wine places and coffee shops. Yeah, the High Line I would highly recommend. That's really, that's way better than this horseshit. What's up, Jeremy? How are you? Farmers rule. Farmers as far as what Dice says or uh, actual farmers that keep everything going? Although they're worried about the bees. Goddamn bees are going away. Was the OP dollar real? Oh, my God. Wow, there's an old listener. Philly uh, 927. So uh, for the Instagram Live, right over there, I dropped a dollar. It's on my YouTube channel. I gave out the serial number, and I dropped this dollar. And I said, if you find the dollar, I'll give you $10,000. Jimmy Fallon actually loved the bit. When we were on Jimmy Fallon, we talked about it. But, uh, yeah, that was real. The funny thing is... I filmed a lady picking up the dollar at the end of that video, and she had no idea that she had $10,000 in her hands. Uh, To this day, no one has found the dollar. But that's why I did it, to be completely honest with you. I knew the odds of someone grabbing that dollar that was watching the YouTube video uh, and then checked the serial number. I I, I knew the odds were you know, astronomical, so I said, what the hell, let's let's do this. But uh, yeah, it gave me a nice little uh, viral video. Uh, yeah, I would love to have the Grease Man on the podcast. We reached out to him. Mike Sappho reached out to him. And he said, uh, I'm not doing any interviews these days, but I wish Opie the best. Uh, the Grease Man's one of the greatest radio personalities of all time. What's your thoughts on Bubba after your chat? Yeah, that's uh, the last episode of the Opie Radio podcast. I sat down and talked to Bubba, the Love Sponge. That was in the making for probably a year. And, uh, you know, I thought Bubba was. A complete and utter jerk All those years And then, you know, he kissed Howard's ass But uh, Tim Sabian told me No man, trust me, you're going to want to talk to Bubba He's he's actually a really, really cool dude And he's uh, he's been humbled a bit So, I finally sat down with him I talked to him And I, I gotta be honest with you, man It was one of my favorite episodes Of the OP Radio podcast And he came across really, really nice Really nice guy uh, and like I said, I don't know if he was acting or if that's the real guy. Cause you know, like I said, I, I only talked to him for an hour on the phone and you guys all hopefully heard that episode, but, uh, he was really, really cool. Really cool. We had nice chemistry. It was fun to talk inside baseball. I hope it wasn't too inside for the people, but, uh, I love, love, love talking to guys about radio that, that have been in the business. So, uh, he annoyed you when he was cutting off my stories. I don't know about that, because I felt like I was babbling too much. You know, it was supposed to be kind of a shared episode, and I felt like I was the babbler. But I had a lot to say, and he was asking really, really good questions, so. Can you be honest with us, man? Uh, Yeah, I can. What's up? What do you need? I think I'm pretty honest in general. Should I sit down for this? I'm waiting for what you want to ask me, okay? Uh, yeah, and Bubba definitely was kind of hinting that he would really like to do a radio show with me. <laughs> I'm pretty happy doing it with Carl, and I'm also happy doing it uh, by myself from time to time, so. But I'll go on Bubba's show again. That was fun. Snowy! Yeah, Snowy was a, uh, a regular caller to the old radio show, so. Smoking pot these days, doggy. Uh, just a little touch, a little taste here and there. Haven't done the edibles in a while, but, uh... Finally got myself a G pan. You never asked him about Hulk. Of course I did, Jeremy. That means you didn't uh, stick around to the end. I, I finally got to the Hulk stuff at the end of that episode with Bubba with the Love Sponge. Uh, it was very interesting because I think he was pretty honest. I always assume that they set up a camera and they and they filmed Hulk Hogan having sex with uh, Bubba's wife. But it turns out he has a security camera in his house that records all the time, which, no joke, I find a little weird, especially because it was in a bedroom. But he says, Look, man, I record everything. This is what he told me. You know, it's up to you what you want to believe. But he says, Look, you know, my security camera records everything. And then, you know, I took that tape and I put it in a drawer. I labeled it. And he said, Look, I should have just um, got rid of the tape. And he did not. And then it turns out that one of his employees was the one that ended up grabbing the tape. And uh, the rest is history. It got out there. So that's what he said. And he regrets that he didn't just destroy the tape. And I said, as a human being, that's a tough tape to, to destroy no matter who you are. I know we all like to think we have morals and stuff. But all of a sudden, even if it was an accident and you got uh, this big, huge celebrity having sex with your wife... And, and uh, the wife was cool with it, and Bubba was cool with it. I think it would be really, really tough to to destroy that tape. I, I certainly wouldn't be, you know, sending it out there and allowing everybody to see it, that's for sure. But, you know, Bubba swears that he had nothing to do with the fact that the tape got out there. And he said that uh, there's an ongoing lawsuit, and when that lawsuit is done... Uh, he feels like his reputation will come back a little bit when people hear the whole story. So, that's what he said. But we did talk about the the Hulk Hogan thing at the end of that episode. Tim Bull. I think the camera was there because that was probably, hold on, hold on, a normal practice in that house. He had to be super into that for whatever reason. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think we all have some kinks. Don't we all have some kinks? That might have been his kink. And maybe how it's supposed to play out was, look... You know, it was my kink to to record this thing so we could check it out at a later date. But I do believe him when he says that he had no intention of getting that out there. Coming to Boston anytime soon. Oh, my God. My, uh, my fraternity brother, Buzzy, who I finally sat down with and uh, did two episodes with him and Stork. We told all those great college stories. He texted me yesterday from the North End in Boston, and I was so pissed. He also took a... Um, a picture outside Clark's up there for the locals and Clark's is a great little joint that we used to go to after we would get off work at um, 5 o'clock on a Friday in Rochester and then drive all the way to Boston and meet some of our college friends at Clark's that was the gang that moved to Boston after Geneseo I had a chance to do that and I decided to follow my hunch and uh, go for this radio career while all my friends right after college went to Boston and was and they were having the time of their lives, man. When you're coming to the Bay Area, oh, this guy knows Clarks. Nice. Awesome. San Francisco is one of the greatest cities in America, although they have a major homeless problem. It's getting worse and worse. It's getting really bad in San Francisco, and it's getting really bad in Seattle, right? Uh, but New York, man, not, not a lot of homeless. They don't really allow the homeless to, you know, build their packs. In those other cities, there's packs of homeless people, and it's uh, it's getting crazy, man. Opie, are you set? Will you have to venture out again? What does that mean? Like, make money? No, I'm set. Even if I had no money, I'm set. It's not about money. Uh, If a job comes along that I really, really would enjoy, then I would absolutely do it, but so far that has not been the case. To be honest with you, if this podcast could grow just a bit more, maybe like double in size... I would be completely content, completely. Yeah, San Francisco is really nice to the homeless, you're right. That's what I found so weird the first time I went to San Francisco. Another one of my college buddies uh, lives in that area. His name's Jambo. We all had those goofy uh, fraternity names. And uh, he took me to some just kick-ass restaurants in San Francisco. And no joke, I remember going into some of these joints, and they were really, really nice and we would actually just step over homeless people that were just kind of laying around the sidewalks and everyone just dealt with it. Everyone thought it was just eh, just part of the fabric of our fine city. So I remember going to a place in San Francisco. It was a sushi joint and they had girls that stripped. It was the most insane place ever because the sushi was really good, the music was really good, and the women were outstanding. And what was nice about it is they didn't really... They didn't get naked naked. They got down to, like, uh, you know, some, like, Victoria's Secret type shit. And I thought that was really, really sexy. I'm a big fan of, uh, of uh, a little bit still left on the body. Oh, <laughs> you're trying the Calm app? Yeah, the Calm app is good, man. A lot of people are asking me all sorts of meditation questions and uh you know i'm i'm just a fucking beginner to be honest with you but there there is an app out there called calm that uh people seem to really really enjoy i've tried it uh oh this guy says 90 percent naked there you go that's about right that's about right for the percentage i like that hello from portugal Opie. big fan bro love the pod keep it up you're listening in portugal that's cool What's your favorite spot in Times uh, Square? The answer would be uh, nothing. I hate this. But it's really good people watching. But uh, I'm telling you, I said it earlier, Times Square is just the worst. Being a local, growing up on Long Island and coming into New York City, uh, Times Square had all that dirt. That They had all that dirt. It was It was kind of scary. You're 16, 17, 18 years old. You're coming in for the day with your high school buddies. And this whole place was all porn theaters. There were drug dealers on every corner. There were old school hookers walking around with pimps. It was insane. And then they had all these little shops where you could get um, your fake license. That's one of the reasons why we came. You know, the word got out. Go to Times Square, you could get a fake license, and you could drink. And so you came in here, and man, these shops were shady. But back then, you got a fake driver's license, and it really, really worked. And don't forget all the smelly Elmos. Yeah. You want to see something funny, go online and and put in Times Square Elmo, and then just click on the images. You'll see Elmos getting arrested left and right because they harass people. Because you come here, and they got all these mascots, including Elmo. There's Minnie Mouse in the distance right now. And they come up to you, and everyone wants to take pictures when they're in New York City. So no one thinks twice about it. And they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get a picture with Minnie Mouse or Elmo or Mickey Mouse. And you take your picture, and then you walk away because you're not really thinking anything of it. And they start pointing at a sign that says tips. And then if you don't tip, they start getting really, really aggressive. And they follow you, and it gets to the point where it's, it's, it's worth just giving them a couple bucks so you can get them out of your hair. But some people uh, continue to not not tip them and keep walking. And every once in a while, one of these Elmos gets a little attitude and a little pushy-shovey. And then next thing you know, the NYPD comes marching in and rips the, the, the Elmo head off their body and arrests them and throws them in, in the back of a, a police uh, car. So you can check it out for yourself. Just Google image Elmo Times Square. And they barely speak English. Yeah, there's a type. Uh, definitely some kind of, uh, I want to say, like Guatemalan, Colombian, uh, maybe Mexican. It's almost like it's a gang because you never see, like, a white person. You you see pretty much the same uh, ethnicity with a lot of these mascots. So, love the podcast with Bubba. Thank you, buddy. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take a chance. I went into that not even knowing if, you know, Bubba was just going to be a dick like the old days and just try to be shock jockey and i said you know what i can handle any question so fuck it and it turned out like right off the bat we were giggling like two little girls i told my wife that bubba has the same stupid giggle i have when i find something really funny and goofy and silly i, I have a dumb laugh and bubba had that same laugh and i i was thinking to myself as we were both giggling like schoolgirls, i'm like man we both used to be pretty tough shock jocks and now we sound like idiots. <laughs> uh, are you suggesting that we should build a wall? You know, the rumor is that, uh, that Trump's bragging about building a wall and stuff that we haven't ad. Oh, here comes the politics. Oh, shit. I'm going to lose half my audience now. <laughs> you talk politics and next thing you know, someone just wants you dead. Can I have an opinion, please? I've heard, and, and someone could absolutely tell me that's not true, uh, that we haven't really built any new wall. It's uh, replacing some of the Obama wall that's kind of falling apart. But when it comes to actually adding to the wall down there, we haven't added anything. That's what I've heard. Don't get pissed off at the messenger. I'm just saying. Cancel culture. Oh, God. Drives me fucking nuts. Cancel culture. No, you know why it drives me nuts? is because no one gives a shit. Most of the people that are into the cancel culture and getting people canceled, shows canceled and whatnot, morally they don't give a fuck. They're just trying to score points for their little tribe, their little group. And I keep saying over and over again, if you hang in there long enough, the circus, I call it the circus, the cancel culture circus, will move out of town and they'll move on to the next thing. Just hang in there. Back in the day when we were getting in all sorts of trouble with the radio show, I would say uh, that to the bosses. And they did. They would, they would listen. They would give us fake suspensions like I was talking about on Bubba's show. You know, you would get in trouble for some stunt. And all your haters back then would get all excited because you got, you got uh, suspended. But what they don't know is in the back office, the bosses... Uh, would sit you down and basically say, really good job, man, really good job. Because they knew it would lead to ratings. But unfortunately, that whole thing has changed. And now every corporation is panicking. And they, uh, they placate to all the cancel culture assholes. All you have to do is just hang in there and they move on. Trudeau, the dude up there in Canada. A lot of pictures coming out. I guess he really enjoys blackface. Guess what? I don't give a fuck. I don't
1: give two fucks about it.
0: Don't care. Know why I don't care, especially? is because when we all were growing up, especially in college and younger, we all did stupid shit like that. So you're going to be the, the morality police and say, oh, my God, it's a joke. And speaking of the cancel culture and the circus leaving town, and it, it, uh, it goes well with the blackface that Trudeau is going through right now, uh, let's not forget about the guys down there in Washington, those politicians. I forgot their names already. And they were in the paper every fucking day because uh, the one guy was caught doing blackface in college. Remember that guy? You don't even know his name, right? And I bet all the people that were outraged at the time, I bet they forgot and they don't even know his name anymore. But anyway, we talked about this on the podcast and I said the same rant that I just did. I said, look, you, you wait it out and let the circus leave town and you'll be fine. Guess I just said, guess what? Again, really, um, that guy still has his job. He didn't have to resign, and all those people pretty much moved on to something else. I hate cancel culture, especially when it comes to comedians and comics, because people don't understand like the basics of trying to make someone laugh, the basics of being a comedian or you know or a stand-up, and that is to take the piss out of everything, everything. And just because you make some crazy, outrageous joke on a stage doesn't mean that you think that way. And I don't know why. I, or maybe people do understand that, but they don't They don't want to listen to that. They don't give a fuck. Because, like I said, they wanted to score points for their group, their tribe. Everyone's trying to get status in some kind of tribe. What tribe do you belong to? Give us a call right now on your home of rule. Yeah, just wait out the storm, of course. I said that over the years. Even even after the Sex for Sam where the couple had sex at St. Patrick's Cathedral and that was our massive firing back in 2002, as time goes by, I realize more and more people have no idea that me and Anthony went through that. I sat down and I said, look, let's just, you know, let's just wait it out like the old days. We'll be fine. But unfortunately, at that point, the the world has the world changed and uh, they had no choice. That's when I realized, oh, fuck, because I understood this for the longest time. That's why I was pulling so many of these crazy-ass stunts over the years. Because it wasn't that I was out of control. Although a, uh, a radio guy like sat me down in Atlanta. I forgot his name. He was a consultant when we were working at AAF. And I was doing one out-of-control stunt after another. And I was in Atlanta. And this guy took me to a, a terrific strip joint, by the way. It was one of those black strip joints. Oh, my God. I was not worthy. (laughs) I was not worthy. In some ways, it scared the hell out of me because I, 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 I honestly pictured myself trying to satisfy one of these strippers and realizing that I was way out of my league. I was not ready for the major leagues. I was not ready for LeBron James. I don't know. I don't know if that made sense, but I was trying. But anyway, so I'm in the strip club. With the consultant for WAAF. And this guy, as we're drinking and, and you know, giving the girls dollars as they're bending over giving us lap dances, the guy decides this is the perfect time to lean over to me and go, you know, oh, you're really, really talented. But, and I hate the but. I hate that more than anything.
1: You know, you're the
0: but. The butt's never good. He goes, but you have a tendency to blow things up. Which he wasn't wrong about, but they were always calculated. That's what he doesn't understand. Here's a guy in Boston with Anthony. We're we're killing it. We're pretty much uh, number one across the board. Beating BCN, which is uh, way too inside for people, I understand. But back in the day, no one beat BCN. No one. Especially AAF, because we had a really bad signal. But we were doing it. And we knew the guy we were going up against was making a minimum of $500,000, $600,000 a year. And me and Anthony were making around fifty to 60000 tops. So we're beating a guy that makes 10 times more money than us. So I'm sitting there going, well, this ain't good. I mean, we're talented. We've got chemistry. The show's working. I need to blow this shit up because the culture was such back then that, you know, you could blow up your show. And then there was another station waiting for you in a bigger market. Everyone knew that. Me and Bubba talked about that a little bit. It was just part of the gig. I knew if I blew up the whole AAF gig that we would move on to a much bigger gig, and guess what? That's exactly what happened. So I was kind of mad at the guy. I'm like, God, fuck. Dude, let's just enjoy the strippers. You know, I, I don't need a life lesson right now. The best was when he smashed the pinball machine. Yeah. There was this guy, Al Dukes, who's turned out to be... Uh, a damn talented guy he's still working in regular radio he works at the fan he does a very good job and he used to kiss me and anthony's ass mostly my ass he kind of wanted to be in because we were pretty powerful back then i don't i don't know if you want to be in like you want to be my friend i think he just figured if he got close to me then it would help his status in radio to be honest with you and i kind of smelled bullshit and he was always doing really really nice things for us but it was coming from a this genuine place as far as I'm concerned. You know, if you want to be friends with me and not the radio guy, not the radio version of me, then that's a different story. He brought in a, uh, he knew I liked pinball, so he brought in a Rolling Stones pinball machine. This thing was an antique. It was vintage. It was the real deal. It was really old. And uh, he was all proud. And we happened to have a sledgehammer that we broke out. And I proceeded to smash the damn thing right in front of his face. The video's up on my YouTube channel. You know what? I'll put a link in the description of this fine podcast episode. You could click on it and check it out for yourself. How about that? Look at that. Look at that using the social media. And I thought nothing of it, to be honest with you. And back then, it was before social media. Oh! Oh! When we finally put it on YouTube, the hate. They were really, really mad. And I think they were like trying to tell me that there's only a few of those in the whole world and you smashed one of them which I think is a good thing because if you're a collector, uh, if you destroy other versions of what you have it makes what you got more valuable, no? It was such a nice machine, it was beautiful I'm not going to lie to you too, after the fact I'm like, man I would have really liked to have brought that home, that would have been a cool conversation piece but I knew I couldn't because I had to go for the fucking shock jock shit and get everyone talking and laughing and going, oh my God. You're off on Fridays. Let's do a Get Parts uh, trip on a Friday. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to start doing a lot more episodes from Get Parts and I think what I'm going to start doing, Get Parts is that great beer culture place on um, the Upper West Side. Matt and the gang, I love those guys. They've opened their arms to me and they basically said, look, Whenever you want to use this place, come on by. And we don't pay for nothing. And we've tried, trust me. They're just that cool about it. Uh, but the other side of it, they, they told me that a bunch of podcast listeners are stopping by just to check out the joint. But um, I think we're going to do more episodes from there, and I'll certainly give you guys the heads up. So maybe we could start you know, having a bit of an audience when we, when we record some of these podcasts. The pinball machine thing was worth it. It was worth it for you as a listener. But imagine the Opster. Imagine the Opster. He gets to play the Rolling Stones pinball machine at his house. All right, we're going to start walking a little bit. Here's some of the guys. Some of the things people do to make money. you got the whole Minnie Mouse gang right here. you got like one, two, three, four, five Minnie Mouses just hanging out in a little crowd, getting ready to put their heads down and start taking pictures. And, and uh, they're going to start harassing the, uh, the tourists here in Times Square. Then you got the, the statue of liberty guys. I saw them getting dressed a little while ago, but basically, I don't know, they're close to 10 feet tall. And you take a picture with them, but nothing's free. Remember that, people? Find Sandy Kane. Yes, yeah, Sandy Kane is in Times Square. Uh, the naked cowgirl, my old friend, she's incredibly old at this point. She gets really mad when I, I tell people that she's incredibly old, but at this point, she can't deny the fact. And every time she gets mad at me, she uh, runs down to the courts and sues us. <laughs> Who else laughs at getting sued? Oh my God. When I smashed her guitar famously on the Sirius XM show, uh, she, she you know, she was playing one of her performing one of her songs, and honestly, her stuff isn't bad. It's kind of funny and stuff. But we had a live audience, and I'm thinking, you know, how can I pump this shit up? So I snuck from behind, the video's online because I got a lot of, a lot of, uh, oh, what do you think? Sorry, I know it's a visual, but we're looking at a big girl on the billboard. Bit on the big side. I think I don't mind big as long as all the body parts are proportionate. I think that's what I finally figured out. I mean, if you got a giant gut that's spilling, you know, over your panties, ah, it's a little rough. Too much information. So Sandy Kane, she performs her song. I sneak from behind, but basically grabbed the guitar just to make everyone laugh, grabbed it and smashed it. Big hole in the damn thing. She got really, really mad. I paid for the guitar on the spot. I know that doesn't make things uh, okay. I get it. But it was my way of saying, look, you know, you were part of the show today and... You know, I just want to thank you. So I gave her, I believe, I would have to ask Club Soda Kenny, but I believe I gave her like $200. Trust me, this guitar was about 30 to 40 years old. And it wasn't an antique. But I guess it was special to her. And then anyway, we, we go on our merry way. I, I, I've i known Sandy Kane at that point, close to, we think, you know, probably 15 years, easily. Next thing you know, she sues me and Anthony. Even though Anthony really didn't have much to do with that. I think because the show did it technically. And then this is why I laugh every time when I bring up this story. Me and Anthony. <laughs> we, and I remember Anthony would get so mad. Because <laughs> I don't think he really likes leaving his house. He's not like me. He doesn't like wandering around. I love just wandering around. It goes back to my childhood. But <laughs> we could get into that another day. I realized if I stayed out of the house that I I was a much safer person and that my mom's bullshit wouldn't uh, affect me. That's the short version of that. But anyway, uh, Anthony would get so mad because we'd have to take a day off from the radio show, which I thought was like, you know what? Nothing bad about taking a little break. And then we would have to go all the way downtown to the courts, small claims court. She was suing us for like nothing, really. And we'd have to sit there for like an hour, two hours easily as we're listening to all these other bullshit, small claims, lawsuits, and then we would wait at, at, at least an hour and a half, two hours, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, my God, and then that session would, like, end. And then they would basically come to us and go, yeah, she never showed. And we, and we would be like, okay, does that mean, you know, we dropped the, the, the case? And they go, no, we got to give her another chance. So then a bunch of months, look at all the hearts people love this story. And then... <laughs> Then a bunch of months would go by, and then we would get the paperwork. We gotta go back down to the courts. We'd have to go through the same thing over and over again. I would look at Anthony and I'd go, you know damn well she's not showing. And then I would laugh like I'm laughing now, like this is the greatest thing ever. She, she's she got us so bad. Because we had no choice, we had to go. And then, and then this happened at least twice. I think it might even happen a third time. Where they finally said, okay, we're dropping the case. You know, we gave her enough uh, chances to come down here and uh, plead her case. So I laugh every time I think of that, just how she got us. She got us good. Really good. Watching from Ireland. Loving the podcast, Opie. Keep it up, brother. Wow. Thank you, Kiri441 on the Instagram Live. Yeah, she uh, trolled the shit out of us, too. Absolutely. In the interest of stuff, where were we? Why did the oh? Because you said uh, go see Sandy Kane. Yeah, I could go to her spot and see if she, if she's set up for the day. She's close to the Naked Cowboy, who's been out here for a long, long time. He's a staple here in Times Square. You know, he kept his body in shape for a while. He's out here in the in his tidy whiteies. Looks like he's packing maybe an acorn in in his tidy whiteies. Unless he really just makes sure everything is tight and close so he doesn't get groped or arrested. but if he's not doing that, then he's got problems down below. The naked cowboy actually is a nice guy. He's always been cool to to me. He's been on the show over the years. I got him on the podcast early on as well, and he had nothing but respect for uh, for me and my shows. Uh, where's the best bagels in New York City? Wow, what a that's a Carl question in New York City you can't you can't. You can't serve a shitty bagel because people are going to know... Oh, there's the big girl again. What do you think? I think if you're a big girl like that, I think you've got to have a little extra on top, right? We used to call them flat Rosie O'Donnell's a flat-so. Big, big girl with barely an A uh, an A cup. It's a flat-so. What do you think? Ooh, a lot of people saying I would do her, though. There you go. Say it. Be proud! Have you still been doing the urban exploring? Man, after the Chrysler building, I think a lot of you guys know what we did. I'm amazed that no one has ever, you know, uh, grabbed me or called me to talk about that stunt with Moses. We went into the spire. The spire is that pointy thing at the top of the Chrysler building. It's basically a crawl space with tiny, tiny red ladders. Um, The ladders are maybe, I don't even think they're a foot across. And it was scary because each ladder was about... Some of the ladders were like 50 feet up. And then you got to a little platform. And then you had to get onto another little red ladder. And we went all the way to the tip of the, the spire. And there's broken windows up there and asbestos. And it's, it's a little like uh, eagle's nest up there. And I got video and whatnot. That's also on my YouTube channel. That one I'll put in the description of this, uh, this podcast. Absolutely. So I went up there with Moses who's a huge urban explorer. This guy was on uh, top of the pyramids over there in Egypt. And supposedly that's a huge no-no, a massive no-no. You just don't do that. Um, but anyway, you know, I befriended him. He knew I was into this a little bit, and he took me on a few adventures. Uh, I went where the mole people used to live back in the 70s and 80s, the, the Amtrak tunnels. That was cool as hell, but... Uh, the big surprise was going into the Chrysler building. All sorts of security. This was after 9-11. This Actually, this was around the time my son was born, so eight, nine years ago. And um, I'm like, there's no way we're getting past security after 9-11. We have no business being in this building. And he said something to the, uh, the people in the lobby, and they let him right through. Turns out, I can finally say this. I think I have said this a little bit, but this guy figured out his urban exploring to the point, and there's a whole community, so they talk with each other and give each other you know, tips on how you could you know, accomplish some of these crazy stunts. And what he ended up doing was he got a dentist in the Chrysler building. Yeah, he looked up dentists, and he got one, and there was a dentist in the Chrysler building. So what he said to the people in the lobby was, I got an appointment with Blah Blah, the dentist. And they looked it up, and his name was on the list, like, yep. You're, you're supposed to be here. Then they look at me, and, and he basically said something like, is this my friend? And they let me through. We didn't even have to sign in. They didn't take our pictures, nothing. I'm sure all of this has changed, by the way, because uh, uh, if you've never heard this story, wait to the end. So then we, we go in, and we go up the elevators. I'm already shaking. And then we, we go as high as you can, I think, if I remember correctly, in the elevators. And then all of a sudden, we quickly ran around the corner and we got into the stairwell, and then we went up higher. And there's an old, 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 old observation deck that is, has been uh, closed for many, many decades. Um, the walls were, if I remember correctly, like three, four feet high tops. It was really creepy because you really felt like you could fall over the over the side of this thing. And there was the whole floor was empty. Whoever was in there, you know, abandoned their their office space, and then he knew this. So we got in there, and then we crawled through windows. And that's when he went out onto the uh, the iconic uh, gargoyles, the iconic eagles, if you look it up, on the Google, the Chrysler Building Eagles. And that motherfucker crawled right up to kiss the damn thing on, on uh, the head. And like I've said in the past, I started having the first and only panic attack of my life. Because as I'm filming him, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to film this guy's death. And... It's very subtle in the video. But as he turns to get back, you could see his foot slightly slips. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's that shiny metal shit that's really slippery. So I had a complete panic attack over that. After we calmed down, he's like, I got one more surprise. And then we kept climbing the stairs. And there was a door. And look, I'm just telling you the God's eyes truth. He had a backpack. He goes, wait here. He didn't want me to see what was going on. I have no idea. But next thing you know, we got through that door. And then we're into we're in some utility area. Um, and then the red ladder started. And we climbed. And we climbed. And we climbed. And, you know, at the end of a beautiful, beautiful day here in New York City, we're in the tippy top of the Chrysler building. And no one knows we're up there. Just filming an unbelievable video. The room was as big as a a nice sized closet tops and uh, next thing you know you know it it was so peaceful up there but then it was time to get out of the building I'm like there's no fucking way we're getting out of this building without getting arrested and I just had a kid and I'm married I'm like what the fuck am I doing like I would do this shit you know when I was single and then we go down the ladders and then we get back into the regular you know um, stairwell And the whole time, I'm like, all right, so far, so good. But at at every turn, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to grab us. And then we go down more stairs, and then we get into the elevator bank, and we hit lobby. I remember it stopping a few times, so every time it stopped, I'm thinking, oh, my God, here they come. The word got out. And then we get all the way down the lobby... And then I'm feeling like everyone knows and everyone's looking at us. What are they doing? Where's this sting? Are they waiting for us to get outside the building? I think they got to wait for us to get outside the building to officially arrest us. And I remember trying to like walk through the lobby, and I'm thinking to myself, just be cool. Just be cool, man. But I'm not being cool. I'm, I'm out of my mind inside. And then uh, we got out on the streets... And then I wait another minute or two and I'm talking to Moses and I'm like, oh my God, I think we just got away with that. Holy shit. Holy shit. And then I actually waited a a while to post a video. I told this whole story on Joe Rogan, by the way. He he absolutely loved this one. Um, And that video, I'll I'll post those videos in the description. But anyway, this is where I said wait to the end. So Moses wanted me to do other things. He's like, hey man, you know. I know the subways really well, and I could show you some really cool underground spots in New York City. I could take you to one of the rivers, because uh, Manhattan used to have a lot of rivers back in the day. And uh, they, just built all, they just built over all the rivers, obviously. You can't fill in rivers. But underground in Manhattan, is uh, you can look that up, too. There's a lot of rivers. And some of these buildings, you know, you go into the basement, and then you open up a door, and next thing you know, you're on a riverbank. How cool is that? And then there's tunnels. They made like some of the rivers into like tunnels and whatnot. So they, they could empty out into the Hudson River without flooding it, any part of Manhattan. But anyway, so he's like, we could I could show you some of the rivers. Uh, we go underground to the subway system. I could show you some really, really cool old subway stops and whatnot. And I said to myself, that sounds cool. Maybe I could do that, you know? And he goes, but we gotta time the trains. I'm, I'm like, what do you mean, time the trains? And he said, so I'm like, well, we got we got to wait for the three to go by. And when the three goes by, we have 30 seconds to run down the track, and then there's a little platform that we jump on uh, because then we have to let the two and the one go by. But after the one goes by, then we're clear for another hundred yards or so, and then then we go up a ladder. You know, he's explaining all this. I'm like, I'm out, I'm out. But anyway, so me and Moses lost a little bit of uh, touch over the years. And um, fast forward about a year after the Chrysler building thing, the word got out in the urban uh, exploring community that this was, this was a big get. This was a, a, uh, a must-do. And um, I think the Chrysler building people, oh, God. I'm trying to do my
1: podcast. I'm trying to do my podcast
0: one of those jewish ambulances by the way the Jews. some of you jews are very interesting you're on the sidewalk you're dying of a goddamn heart attack and a regular ambulance goes by and and they're like nope not good enough not good enough nope nope i gotta wait for the jewish ambulance i would love to know how many people died because they were waiting for the jewish ambulance Nope, can't touch my body. God says you can't touch my body. All right, now I look like one of these Times Square crazy people. So that was one of the Jewish ambulances going by. Anyway, Moses out of nowhere he uh, he emails me. Goes, oh, you gotta you gotta uh, make believe you never met me. Don't ever talk about the Chrysler Building anymore. At that point, you know, it was out there, but he's like, you know, he was basically saying save yourself and how the story goes, he went back into the Chrysler building to to show off somebody to show off to somebody else and bring him to the top of the spire. And uh, they grabbed him. He got arrested. But in the end I, I don't think it was that bad. He didn't do jail time or anything like that. I think it was okay. I think it was kinda one of these misdemeanors where they, were they more scare than anything else. But, um, you know, when I started having kids, I, I promised my wife that I wouldn't wouldn't do as much of the crazy stuff because I used to love walking in New York City and just making um, street videos and messing with people and stuff. But I did tell her, look, now, now that we've got kids and stuff, I'll, I'll calm down. So in general, I have calmed down. What's up, Spider-Man? What's going on? Spider-Man's trying to get a picture, but like I told you, then then if I was a naive tourist, I walk up like that's kind of cool. I'll put that on my Instagram, and then for the next five minutes, you're being harassed as you try to walk away. Just understand, they want their money. Those characters look creepy; they are creepy, and they smell. And a lot of times, uh, they're knockoff costumes. They're like a little off. Like one of the eyes is. Uh, is a bit funny. Hey, man, what's going on? What's that? I'm podcasting. Yeah. How's the scam today?
1: It's not a scam. It's not a scam, big guy. Get the fuck, away from, huh? bullshit. That's That's bullshit. fuck away from me. Huh? Get the fuck away from me talking that bullshit. What? Get the fuck away We asking you what you're doing it's, with it's respect. good energy I know. I am asking you. It's no. good energy over here. No. All right. You change it's, the energy. It's hard. Hard. good energy oh, over hold, here hold. you come you hold. over hold. here with negative energy. It's not right, Wait, i fuck you. No, then you then you explain
0: then you explain it. That's all. I
1: can explain See, it. That's no.
0: Not right. Can can I be honest Discussion with you? Buddy. See, no, can I be honest? No, wait. Can, 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 all right, but can I be honest with you? That's what I've heard over the years. So if you're telling so what me up? What's this can't me? listen to everything so, you hear, buddy. That's why that's why I'm giving you a chance. That's why I'm giving you a chance. You want to uh, get a plug out there?
1: Huh? I want to get a plug? You need a plug? No, I don't need a plug for I'm for
0: a, for your Twitter or your Instagram. Like we're we here selling music. Wanna buy? No, I don't want to buy. So all right, all right, all right. all right. Hey, at least uh, at least I allowed him and explained it and explained it, bro. Don't he
1: explained it, we don't, but We're explained not scammers. It. This our music. This our life. No,
0: no, see, you're getting mad, but I've heard over the years it was. So then I then I came right up to you and oh, asked, man, and you said says, it's not a scam, right? Came over here, it's uh, not a scam over here on some negative shit. Get the fuck Oh, bro, I'm a positive I'm person. No, you're
1: not positive oh,
0: remember, you know, I'm a you know, positive he knows I'm a positive person
1: Let's recap what? wait
0: if I'm white I'm not positive that's insane yeah,
1: not all that. uh, but, right, you're, well, you you're, you're not about that say. are you yo it's a scam and that's the first thing you said before you yeah. even say hi that's not right you know yeah I but
0: mean? see I could have walked what's away up, after that up? but, 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 give me one but all, right, all right he's going <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the timing on that couldn't have been better <laughs> oh god if my wife's watching this right now she's not happy I just explained to you guys that I try not to get into the confrontations, and there you go. And the reason why the guy got so mad was that you got these rap guys, and they got CDs. And what they do, and maybe those guys were legit, I don't know. But what they do is they got like a whole stack of CDs in their hands, which is weird, because they got to upgrade their scan because how many people are doing the CD thing anymore, right? So all of a sudden they go up to you, they'll... uh, get you to talk. They're like, hey, what's up, big guy? What's up? And then you walk over because you're just a tourist, you know, just taking everything in. And they're like, you like music? You're like, yeah, I like music, you know. And then all of a sudden they're like, what's your name? And, and then I'll say Opie. And all of a sudden they take a Sharpie and they sign the CD. And then they're like, that'll be $10. They just hit you. And you're like, what? Am I? And then you're, you know a white person from another part of the country and some of this scares you so you'll uh oh let's get the good word what's the word today bro nothing all right he doesn't want to talk are, is that like a, a harry krishner guy right anyway so you're a little scared you, you heard how aggressive those guys are guy goes that's ten dollars you're like i no, man i'm not paying ten dollars and then they go well i can't sell this cd anymore because it's Uh, Your name is on it. What am I going to do with this CD? And they basically pressure you to hand over the $10. And you saw how aggressive that guy is. Most people are handing over the $10 and going, you know what? Let's just cut our fucking losses. So I went in hot. I went in hot with that guy. Wow. I hope the camera was right on his face. I don't know if it was. Um, Wow. One guy was cool, and then he tries to tell me that I have negative energy because I'm white? That's insane. We're never going to figure out that black-white
1: thing, are we? Oh! How are you, brother? I'm good. Fine. What's your deal? I'm chilling, man. Trying to make some money. Yeah, I'll give you a couple
0: bucks. You got the fuck Trump sign, though. That's going to piss off a lot of people and probably cut down on how much money you could collect today because as soon as you say fuck Trump, then it's all the Trump supporters are like, you know what,
1: I'm not giving that guy any money. There's not that many Trump supporters born in New York. Yeah? Is that what you're finding out? I, I, live in, I, I lived in New York all my life. So you know this is a good angle to say fuck Trump to get some money, right? Yeah, probably. Why, why are you on the streets? Um, I lost my job. Sorry about that, brother. You no. Know, well... What what were you? What was your job? I was doing construction. Then moved to another um, state. Yeah. And I was not gonna move there for the same pay. But can't you get another construction job? We're building a lot of tra- shit. And- I've been trying to apply with my other friends that are in construction too, yeah. and like trying to get me in. And I'm still looking for a job at the same time, you know. All right.
0: Let me give you a couple bucks and let you be. Uh, yeah, he's got the fuck Trump. Need money for food and and weed. You're one of those guys with the honesty. Oh, shit. I think those guys took my
1: wallet. The rap guys. Could you explain the rap guys to me? Um, some It's a scam. Come on. Yeah, it could be a scam. Sometimes I, I heard from um, people that actually bought their CD that it was not, no music. They'll tell you, like... Go on YouTube. You got these people that that advertise what to not to do in New York if you're a tourist. Yeah, and they tell you about those guys, those guys right there. They, they say that they, they 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 um what do you call it um. What are you talking about? The Harry Christian guy? Yeah, they they they. They're they, fake too. They're fake too. Yeah. I didn't know. Now that now you taught me something. I've been in New York for a long time they, now. They, they say they they monks though. They're not monks. Oh, okay. Because monks don't ask for ton- donations. Yeah, of course. Or anything, but man. the rap guys. And I, I said it
0: uh, a few minutes ago. They're still doing the CDs. No one, no one fucking uses yeah, CDs. So they got,
1: so guy. they got to update their scam. That's what I told one guy. I was like, "Why are you trying to sell me a CD if I don't even have a CD player?" Right. Like nowadays, it's a U2, or MP3 form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I iCloud whatever whatever platform to have for it. Yeah,
0: exactly. But uh,
1: yeah, I forgot to mention that, so thank you.
0: And a lot of times you bring the CD home because you have no choice. You buy it because you're scared because they put yeah. your name on the damn thing. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I, I at least should check out this music the guy you know, uh, sold me in uh, Times Square and it turns out it's blank.
1: Um, this is a guy who tells you it's rather just keep on walking when they try to approach you with that. Yeah. you
0: know. Alright, let me give you a few bucks, bro. You're cool, man.
1: If I have it. Oh, my
0: God. Thank you, sir. You have a good day, all right? All right. There you go. You get a little more knowledge about the, uh, the rap scam. Oh, shit. I thought one of them was following me. Negative energy because I'm white. Look at all the positive energy you got, and you're white. She doesn't even know what that means. Morning, sir. All right. There's a little anger in this area. I think we did it. That was fun. That was fun. A little little taste of Times Square. Balls that took balls. Ah, what are you going to do? I knew I was in trouble. I knew, like, just hang in there. Keep the video on him. He ain't going to do shit. But that was a little close. Found the one guy that I could talk to. Instagram is uh, ending in 10 seconds. Oh, guys. My Instagram is ending in 10 seconds, ma'am. Fuck. Thanks for checking me out on Instagram Live. Subscribe to the Opie Radio podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Tell a friend we're trying to do some different things. I'm going to start doing more of these wandering around New York City episodes. I think they're fun. Gives me a chance to kind of interact with you guys. And then we also run into some um, interesting people, as, as you uh, heard for yourself. Getting into the subway. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for checking out the OP Radio
1: Podcast.
0: Called fried chicken parts. Yeah. So what they do is after they butcher all the chickens, they fry, they they poach all the chicken bones and everything, and then they fry them and they send it. They give it to you in a bag. Fuck. So that. it's just fried bones that you just chew on. It's so fucking good. Fuck that. You're adventurous. I I couldn't do that, man. Um. <coughs> oh. a lot of insides in there. Oh my God. Uh, A lot of my insides bubble right to the surface when I sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) We're a mess. (laughs) We're a mess. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. Cheers. Cheers, brother. My buddy Carl.
1: All right, let's wrap it up.
0: All right. Thank you, Carl. Uh, Sabor Chef on the old Instagram. One of the best games going. Best games going. Best game in town. Thank you for doing the podcast, sir. I love you, brother. I love you, man. You know that.